Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. How did the Warriors beat the Rockets? Should we be concerned about Steph Curry? Is this the end for the Cavs? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show slash podcast slash NBA discussion. As always, I am Coach Nick of B-Ball Breakdown, and I'm joined by Dave Dufour at Dave Dufour NBA uh, to talk about this this game we just saw. So, Dave, uh, Warriors and Rockets, game one. What are your thoughts so far? Uh, this is exactly what I expected to happen. Um, I, I, I actually was surprised that Capella was able to stay on the court as long as he was able to. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not anticipate Draymond and Iguodala having the foul trouble that they had early. But then the third quarter happened, and we all know what the Warriors do in third quarters. So, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. I still have the Warriors winning this in a sweep. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. Yes. That's a, you know, there was a moment there where I kind of felt that way, too. And it's not that I'm some sort of biased Warriors guy or homer or whatever, but what you saw with the Rockets and the way they decided to attack, and we've seen it before, where they will relentlessly attack what they perceive as the weak, the weak link. Uh, in the defense. And obviously that is, you know, Steph Curry when you compare him to everybody else in that Hamptons five. But uh, eventually, and I tweeted this out like in the third, like if you do that this that many times in a row, they are going to figure it out. And you know what? Steph Curry is a good defender and he did make enough good plays at the right times where they can come out and get a nice shot down at the other end and break the game open a little bit. And that was all I need. Because I feel like these games are going to be decided by whoever blinks first, right? Like there's going to be a blink some point in this game, it's going to be a run, and that could be the, the game. It's over. And that's what happened in that third quarter. Absolutely. And, and uh, let's not over, you know, overlook the fact that Kevin Durant was a monster, mm-hmm. a monster in this game. He was fantastic. Um, and, that, and that was really the, the, the difference in the game early when things weren't going well for, for uh, Golden State. And, and, you know, Kevin Durant was, I mean, at one point, he was like 10 out of 16 on twos. I, w- I, I lost count after that, stopped paying attention. Um, but, man, phew, he was good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Steph, Steph was rough tonight. And, um, you know, the only, the only way he was really effective offensively was getting to the basket, which is, you know, it's just not bad. He was the only warrior who was consistently getting to the basket. Everyone else was <laughs> getting open threes or, uh, or settling for those mid-range shots. And when they're dropping, who cares, right? Well, yeah, but I don't think Kevin Durant settles for any of those mid-range shots. Those are layups for him, basically. That's right. So, uh, and, and again, we, we saw Clay Thompson get a couple mid-range. So the Warriors have revamped their offense to some degree this year and took a lot more mid-range because that's what was open more. And I, I don't care what you say when you're telling me about why the mid-range is not as efficient as a three-pointer. When you're talking about Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson and Steph Curry should, or CP3 should, or even Harden shooting those, those are those are that value is as is equal to a three as far as I'm concerned. 
Yeah. And, I mean, Steph, Steph was able to contribute in other ways. Um, Eight assists. Had, yeah. I mean, and, and don't forget his rebounding. I mean, he, he had a really fantastic box out on yeah. Gerald Green, of all people, um, and, and got a really – it was kind of a crucial rebound. So, yeah, it, it's uh, – you know, Draymond was amazing tonight defensively. And uh, I, I think that, again, man, this is the best team ever assembled. They're the best. Mm-hmm. Like losing to them in a sweep is there's no shame in it, you know, and, 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 you know, not that we're there yet, but I still am expecting it. Um, and, and, you know, Houston's got to already feel pressure after losing game one, you know, at home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just think it's a wrap, man. Let's, let's get it. Let's get to June. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, it, it was frustrating to watch uh, certain times where the Warriors had a chance to really step on their necks and put them out of their misery. And they would like to sort of screw around and turn the ball over. And they were I mean, of course, when you have Scott Foster and um, uh, Tony Brothers refereeing, I don't know how they got this, the Western Conference versus the East. But man, they're terrible. And uh, they blew some calls tonight. They had a backcourt call uh, that was clearly a backcourt call. Harden was nowhere near touching the ball before it went in the backcourt. And yet, out of nowhere, Foster comes in there and blows the whistle and gives the ball back to the uh, Warriors. I'm sorry, they don't call it. And then, uh, and then they get a three pointer off of that, and that was a huge swing. So uh, there's a little, I, I, and I feel like that's going to be the same refereeing crew for the rest of the series. Am I crazy, or they they switch them up? I don't know. There was a while there where it felt like any close call they blew, and <laughs> that's not a good thing. Um, you know, uh, Trevor Ariza had five fouls in early in the third quarter. And, you know, I think two or three of those just were terrible. One was really bad. The, the one reach in on Steph that, that was not, not a reach in. That was bad um, for sure. Yeah. Some of the other ones the, were legit, but, but you're right. Yeah. But I mean, uh, the, the call on Draymond on the foul on PJ Tucker was just a terrible call. Um, and then they got Draymond Draymond delivered. Uh, it was a really clean screen. He got hit hard by Ariza, so his arms moved, and it and they called it, and that was a reputation call. It was yeah. a nice screen. I mean, it's a hard screen, but he, you know, he didn't lean into it or anything. So. Well, there was a little bit of upward arm movements and a little bit of you know moving, but it was also in, to brace himself because the guy was running straight into him. That's right, hurt him. So, so that's it was you know I think I tweeted that it was it was fifty percent. Uh, arms moving up a little bit, and then 65% reputation. So Draymond Green, yeah. Yeah, and that's going to be a problem. Now, here's the other problem. Draymond started out completely un- with, uh, with no equilibrium. And I would, he should have been he should have been thrown out at least because he got a tee early. That second tee should have come at least twice, maybe more. He was lucky. And, and, and you know, they. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not the type of person that, that would ever, like, argue for a player to get a technical. Like, I, I would rather the refs just kind of try to deal with it and, you know, like do whatever you can. It's like, you know, if he's not spitting on someone or fighting somebody, yeah. I want those guys in the game, right? Like anybody arguing for, for a, you know, got to get ejected or, I mean, uh, unless it's egregious, yeah. um, but Draymond yelling at the referees, that's, I mean, it just doesn't bother me. So as long as it doesn't bother them, we're good. Like, let's play oh, ball. I don't know. I feel like there's that affects the team, too. I feel like when he's like that, when it's overboard. He was bad in the yeah, first quarter. Yeah. yeah. And then he settled in, right? Right. And by the way, he was probably the best player on the court. I mean, aside from Durant. I mean, if you look at his numbers, he only scored five points, but he had nine assists and nine rebounds and had the biggest plus minus on the team, but plus 19. His, his defense, man. Like, I mean, he had he had some just fantastic blocks. 
the real the clincher, the uh, blocking PJ Tucker on that three toward the end mm-hmm. had a nice block on Nene. Although he probably got away with a little bit of contact there. Yeah, but um, and he also broke up a, a lob uh, at least once, if not twice, which yeah. is big because now you can see like Harden's got to think about it a little bit. And uh, and then by the way, they blew another lob to Capella that was over the rim. I believe. Did you see that one? They didn't really show a yeah. great replay, but you know, you can't just put it over the rim. You got to throw it to the side where the guy dunks it. And uh, he literally, he just dropped it straight through. We saw, I think it's the third time I've seen this playoffs and only once they actually call it. So maybe that's the yeah. thing. I don't know. Well, so, uh, what else is going on since this is a wrap? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know what? Let's just go through a couple of comments and get, interact with some of the fans uh, who are in the chat right now. So I have a beard game going. Yes, uh, for sure. Whoever mentioned that in the uh, comments. There it is. Uh, Belly Jed Rogi. B-ball. I went beard. Uh, yeah. And we're all back. And by the way, I'm really excited to be back. We're going to do this every night after each uh, of the uh, the uh, conference finals That's games. Right. So we got to get back into into the groove. Yeah. So we're gonna and we're gonna do lives on YouTube as well. Tonight we're not going to do that. They just released my oh, I just released a video on the uh, Celtics and the Cavaliers game one. Uh, do we want to um, quickly go yeah, let's through talk that? About that? Yeah. Let's talk about that briefly, uh, just because we missed it. Um, I, Impressive performance by the Celtics. Jalen Brown, once again, continues to impress. And I've been saying this now for like a year and a half. I think that guy is a superstar. He's going to be a superstar. I think he's got like top 15, top 20 player type of potential. Wait, I think you spelled Jason Tatum wrong. Oh, uh, okay. Um, (laughs) I I would take Jalen Brown over Jason Tatum to be a star. Um, Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. listen, I'm not, like I'm not going to argue that. Wrong. I'm not going to yeah. argue that, really. But, um, right. but that's, that, that's the situation the Celtics are in, right? They are sitting, they are sitting in a situation that we, you know, they, they'll be the team we're talking about next year. Or maybe this year. Yeah. Who knows? A T- ton of value, man. Um, but uh, I, thought, I thought the game plan was super solid. You know, they went at Kevin Love early. Um, I, I think they're going to have – I think Cleveland's going to have to start Tristan Thompson, which, which probably means that – Boston counters by playing Baines those minutes to, to keep uh, Thompson off of Horford. But Horford, I mean, you, you can't guard Horford with Kevin Love. So I don't, I don't know what, how Cleveland counters that. So uh, it's, it's going to be funny, man. I'll tell you, Ty Lue has done a good job of sticking to his guns when he, when he actually needed to and trusting the math on some of this stuff. But the math, I mean, and the math says play Tristan Thompson more right. against Boston. So. Uh, yeah, and like so, the video I did was basically focusing on how they defended LeBron, and the, the, the argument has been, and we've talked about it a little bit in the past, is you know, do you simply let LeBron get his points and you shut down everybody else? I don't think you can do that. I don't think that's a viable strategy against this team because he, again, like we said, the first team to blinks can lose the game, and LeBron can just go on his own run and end the game for you in the third quarter. So they did a really great job because obviously what do the Celtics want to do? I mean, the Cavs want to do. They want to attack uh, with Rozier. They want to somehow force. And by the way, it was a really interesting comparison to what the Rockets were doing. Exactly the same thing, right? The Rockets and the Cavaliers are playing the same offense. Screen and roll the force a switch and then attack that with an ISO. Um, and the, the Celtics just did a great job of being able to rotate and shadow and help and not let him just go one-on-one there. Um, they did not double when Morris was guarding him, which is interesting too. No help at all there. Morris had hey. to go by himself. Marcus Morris just told us all, aside from Kawhi Leonard, he's the best at guarding LeBron. And, and who am I after a game like that to uh, to say he was wrong? Oh, I agree. And the other thing is um, because I, let's let's be honest here, LeBron doesn't like contact, 
right? He's not a guy who likes to be physical. You know, I, I think I think he likes to be physical, but he's not used to guys being able to be physical with him. So Marcus Morris, he has the the size and he has the strength to be able to actually sit there and bang a little bit with LeBron, and that that size and strength and and the banging, I, I think that that is so rare for a guy to be able to do that with against LeBron that it can throw him off of his game a little bit. Look, LeBron's going to come out and score forty in, in game two. And one reason LeBron can score and pass so well is because of his superior vision. And if you need contact lenses to help you with your own vision, then you must check out Simple Contacts. They live up to their name because you simply download their app, take a five-minute vision test, and a real doctor reviews your test and writes you a new prescription. No more dreary waiting rooms or walking around half-blind with everything looking orange. Simple Contacts brings the doctor's office to you and offers every brand of lenses at unbeatable prices. The prescription is just 20 bucks and shipping is free. Best of all, you can save 30 bucks off your first Simple Contacts order by visiting simplecontacts.com/coachnick or enter my code coachnick at checkout. While this isn't a replacement for your periodic full-eye health exam, you'll be hitting shots and throwing whip passes to cutters better than ever with the help of Simple Contacts. That's simplecontacts.com slash Coach Nick. What do we explain? LeBron was like detached LeBron to me. That's what I called him in the video. He was just not there. He, I mean, by the third quarter when he realized they weren't going to maybe make a run, he was just uh, just not there. He was checked out. I wonder how you explain that, you know, in a game one like that. Um, I don't know. I, I just think it's it's a case of you know this is a guy who's who's been there before. I mean, he's been there a lot of times, right? So, um, you know, it's it's easy to pack it in. Uh, you mean easier? Okay, so it's kind of like in tennis, you're down five two, just give away the set and come back for the second set. That's, that's, the, right. that's the idea. Yeah, don't waste the energy yeah. uh, on something that's kind of. You know, pointless, and and you know, then bring it back in game two. Hopefully, you figure something out. Which it's LeBron James. He's you know this probably the smartest basketball player we've ever seen. He's definitely figured some things out from that game, and he's going to come back, and he'll you know, right? He'll, he'll have an amazing game too. And by the way, they won't shoot four for twenty-seven from three either. Absolutely. Um, you know, I would say of those twenty-some misses. There were about I don't know eight or nine at least that were like just open right you know and they should make three or four of those now again it does not make up a difference you, you know that doesn't alone now does LeBron going for forty then get the gap yeah it gets a lot closer but that means it's going to be a close game and LeBron going for forty and then shooting better from three um, you know that's just not a great recipe for a, for a long seven game series right like you know I feel like if that's only going to be you know like again let's just say those two things happen do the Cavs win A what do you think Dave in game two yeah LeBron, go, LeBron goes for 35 shoots pretty oh, well they yeah, shoot no, I, I think the Cavs are definitely going to win game two okay by how much I, I would ex- I would assume it's going to be like 15 points at least. Wow. Okay. I yeah. think it'd be a close game either way. They're they're on the road. Um, you know, th- there is a great game plan that the uh, that the Celtics have. They're going to get extra points from those out of bounds plays and ATOs. Um, you know, so I would anticipate it being close at the very least. So that's the issue. If they play really well and it's a close game, they eke it out. Then I'd be concerned for the Cavs. The Cavs, yeah, I think that they need to do is what you were describing is like they need to make that statement and come back and win soundly. 
It, it, I will say this. Um, uh, you know, I picked Cavs in six. I, it would make me very nervous for my prediction if the Cavs lose game two. Sure. I mean, it would. Uh, that would be something. I mean, the, the odds of the team, you know, once they win the first two games at home, the they it must be eighty percent they win the whole series like something like that I bet right yeah it's I mean whatever it is it's not good for the the so do we lose you no I'm here okay good it's yeah. not yeah whatever I, we missed the last <laughs> little sentiment but basically it was it's not good for the road team so that's absolutely no, it's right not. no so let's see here uh, let's go through some of these comments and see what we have here you can jump up some some ideas uh, Draymond should have been thrown out absolutely we we thought that same thing too Keaton. Uh, can we discuss Scott Foster? Well, we kind of discussed him, I guess, but do we want to expand upon Scott Foster? I mean, the no. guy the guy has been terrible, you know, since he's been in the league. Um, yeah. Is, he is, pump faked a, a jump ball. You know, I missed that. I was, like, behind and I was trying to catch up, so I only got it right after they throw the ball. What yeah. was that about? I saw it later. Why are you pump faking a, a, uh, a jump he, ball? Yeah, he pump faked a jump ball. I, I mean, you know, it is what it is, man. Like, I, I've been very de- – like, I've defended the referees a lot, right? Like, the, the microscope is is bigger, and it's hard to make these calls and all this stuff. I think the NBA this summer is going to have to look at adding a fourth ref. I just think it's going to have to – they're going to have to do it. Have you heard about that at all? Have they talked about it? Yeah, well, they've, they've tried it. They, they, they tried it in G League, and, you know, I mean, I, I think that they're going to do that. I, I think they're going to have to talk about it. Huh. These these calls have been so bad and so high profile, um, and and I don't think there's more bad calls. I think we're just more aware of the bad calls, um, and, and I think that you know from an optic standpoint, you know they're going to have to add, you know, fifteen jobs and, huh. and hire. You know they're they're going to need more people. I would I just my argument tends to be they just need to be trained better. I feel like there's a training aspect to it as well uh, that would help. Um, but I I don't know. I mean four is interesting because it, that changes the the geometry. Uh, a lot. I, mean, I guess, yeah, you're just going to have every corner covered. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Well, we'll have to see about that. Now, Draymond on defense is game-changing from Quinn Better. Now, I've been on Twitter a little bit this past week talking about Draymond being potentially the best defender of all time. And I've had, you know, some people, you know, agree with me. Other people, you know, here's the thing. The reaction to that shouldn't be what I've gotten, which is like you don't know anything about basketball. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, okay. No, you it should throw be more out, like – yeah. The MJ LeBron debate where it's like, well, that's interesting. I just disagree. Right. You could throw out like two or three other names if you like. But the bottom line is, I mean, listen, Bill Russell never really went out on the perimeter to guard people. And it's not his right. fault. He didn't do it. Uh, you know, and who else are we talking about? Rodman did, did it to some degree, but he never. Rodman's probably the closest, I would almost say. And he to didn't him. have the rim protection that Draymond has. Yeah. So, this is, so you and I have a similar debate when we talk to other people about this. Because I think Draymond's the best defender in, in the league. Because he's so good and versatile. Yeah. So, you know, like Kawhi Leonard is, is in theory at least, the best perimeter def- defender in the league. Right. But he doesn't bring the rim protection no. that Draymond does. So I, I and just. He's not think a quarterback that, like that either. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so, you know, I, I think that that's one of the things that, that it's, it's easy to overlook if you're, if you're a little bit more of a casual observer. But you and I are not that. And so, like, we're looking at the deeper stuff when this guy is playing, out there playing defense. Like, how important he is, not just when he gets switched on to a guy and guarding, but to the, the defense as a whole. I mean, like you said, he quarterbacks the defense. He, as the, as the uh, 
as the help rim protector. I mean, he's just amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's um, and and all right on cue. Someone said Draymond Green is versatile? Question mark. LMAO, right? Like, so this guy, whoever oh. this, I want my vision. Clearly, doesn't watch basketball, he or needs, is a moron, or he needs more vision. Um, yeah. What's not getting to calling people? No, names but, here, but you know, <laughs> it's but this is the, but this is what I mean, right? Like, so c- clearly, this person, this dismissive person, doesn't actually know what he's talking about, and, and this is what I feel like is part of the issue with the Twitter debate, right? Like you, you run into a lot of people that actually don't know what they're talking about. Well, you know what it's also... They don't like Draymond. Well, it's also specifically about defense. The most vociferous arguments I tend to get and the ones that are really like nasty at me are almost always around defense. Like, and, and that's the thing I feel like people must play basketball at whatever level they play at and just assume that whatever they learn on defense is like what the best defensive players also learn and they right. know it. And that's also, it's just so strange to me because I thought, you know, okay, let's talk about the way you, the way to step back on the hard end or this and that, whatever. I get it. But like the defensive arguments I get are so um, just way off, way right. off base a lot of the time. And the, and the, and the Draymond reaction is, is right there. And I've done a video and I'll, I know it, it's gotten the, sh- the tunnel views. Uh, maybe I'll have to do another video and update it because uh, explaining why, I mean, it was the, why he's the best defender in the world. And I might even just go crazy and say hey, why he's the best defender of all time. Um, and just I, let, throw let's it out talk there. really quick about defense. So Kevon Looney tonight, I thought was, he guarded Harden about as well as you can. And Harden was cooking. Okay. Cooking. But, but yeah, I, I think that Kevon Looney did a pretty good job. The, the number one thing is that you go into guarding James Harden, no fouls, no freebies. Make him earn it. He was hitting that. He was hitting the step back. Um, they had that crazy miscommunication with Curry and KD, and he had the wide open three to start the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kevon Looney, I thought, did a really good job, and, and not just on on Harden, where yeah, Harden was still scoring. I mean, he was great when he was switched on to Chris Paul and any of those other guys. Nobody was getting past him. Right. Harden was getting past him, but but Looney was making him work to get there, and that's half the battle. So people too often, I think, focus on the results and not the process. It, defense is all about process. Like you, you have very like all the time we see like Kyrie Irving does fifty dribble moves on a guy and hits a tough contested fadeaway, and people start saying, "Oh, well, Kyrie Irving cooked that dude." No, that dude defended his tail off, and Kyrie Irving hit a tough shot. And right. that's just how it is sometimes. Yeah, we saw Steph Curry do that a little bit. I mean, Steph Curry got roasted. Let's not let's not beat around the bush. No, he, he did. He yeah. was getting blown by way too easily, and there were times when he was just like reaching and getting out of position on his own accord. Uh, and then then there were the times when he just played the position, kept him out of the lane, made him take a really tough step back, eighteen footer that he made. Whatever. That that's exactly what you're talking about. You want to stick to the yep. principles, uh, and you can't get upset or frustrated when that happens because you you know deep down that like okay I did what I needed to do and that's exactly what the shot he wants to take you're right Looney got scored on a bunch you know he did uh and he got beaten he tried to recover but again uh he is that that center off the bench that they've been looking for since Festus Azili you know they hadn't been able to get that that you know steady presence from him so they're they're lucky that they have a guy like Kevon Looney come off the bench and 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 do those minutes and play well uh and and that's the thing the Warriors actually they weren't they weren't. They didn't play as well as they could, right? Would you say that? Oh yeah, no, they definitely. No, this was this was not the like peak Warriors. Um, right. So that's the worry. Got, yeah. Game two could be peak Warriors after this. Lay- I remember a long layoff, and now they have they got some uh, their rhythm back. And it's, the schedule is now going to be weird because after game two on uh, Wednesday, there's like no games. They don't play till Sunday. 
Why? Yeah. Why do they do this? I don't. I mean, they're trying to fix the schedule. I guess. Um, I don't know. I think it's I, because like, the other, yeah, all the other series were so early. Uh, they finished so early, right? That they kind yeah. of had holes to fill. Um, but yeah, it's weird because yeah, we're gonna have this long layoff in the middle of the week, Thursday, Friday. Well, I guess Thursday, Friday. But still, that's weird. Yeah. Let me let me ask you. Um, are you worried about Curry's knee? I don't think he looks right. No, he doesn't look right. That's, you know, that's my other thing on my notes. He, he, this is not the Curry that we know and love, uh, right? He's not moving yeah. the way he would normally do. And you know what? He's effective. And look, he, he did what he needed to do. But no, he is not moving anywhere near. I, what is it? I, I would say he's not even, was he 70%? I don't know. I mean, so the step back, that was, that was one of the things that I noticed. He would go for the step back and he just wasn't getting his normal separation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Steph Curry's step back is every bit as dangerous as Harden's. And, and, you know, he just he just wasn't getting that burst, wasn't getting the speed that he normally has for that step back, which creates separation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it was a, he did not look right. And I wonder how much of that has to do with, you know, how he struggled defensively. The, the reaching, the, the, the off-ball shoving on the screens and stuff, trying to, trying to be more physical to make up for whatever's going on with his knee. Um, but yeah, he didn't look right. And, uh, you know, I, I think the Warriors need to be a little bit worried. I mean, yeah. they're, they're vulnerable when he's not a hundred percent. And I don't, I don't think he's going to be a hundred percent in this playoff. So probably he's going to be probably the same as, as last time they're good. By the way, they're good enough, I think to still do it. But, um, and, and I suspect with knee problems, you know, some games might be better than others and he'll have moments where we'll see. And then everyone's going to say, look, his knee isn't hurt. But I think we understand that, yeah, there, there was some hesitancy there in the, some of those individual moves, and he got ripped uh, on a couple of those by, by uh, Capella. By the way, we mentioned him in the beginning, so, and Capella really was putting a big imprint on the game in the first half, yeah. uh, and they played him off the floor in the second. The, the one play where, where Steph, uh, he was kind of playing around with the ball a little bit too much. He had Capella beat, but didn't take the next step to get past him, yeah. came back, put the ball back, and then Capella gets the steal. Um, now that to me was, that was one of those healthy Steph takes that to the basket. So obviously there, I think there's a little bit of a confidence. Well, um, but we'll see. I mean, he, they're watching it, uh, after he sat for a little bit before he went back on the court, really working that knee look like he had a little bit of a limp. Now I'm, I'm just hoping that this isn't another, basically, um, as an analyst, (laughs) It's very difficult to say, well, if Steph Curry was healthy, you know what I mean? It, it's yeah. tough. And it's one of those things from 2016 that I kind of get tired of talking about, but we can't act like it's not a thing. So. Sure. And here's the other thing about the, about, uh, the Capella. Capella is, my, is an X factor, in my opinion. The only way they're going to win is if he is having that kind of effect like we saw in the first half. And what we also saw was when they went small and spread – they can't beat them. They, the, the Warriors cannot. I mean, the, the Rockets, we saw moments where their offense, when they went five out and spread it, that, that's just like the Warriors, I think, will kill them on that because they know how to rotate. They know how to help and get back. We saw Draymond block um, Tucker in the corner on that exact kind of thing. Now, on that one, it did help that um, Ariza and CP3 were yelling at each other and standing on the lane line. <laughs> So like, you know, but still, I feel like when they try to do that five out spread, they're just standing around. That just plays right into the Warriors hands. And so that's why they need to have Capella in there and like and stick to like what that what what he brings. And if they can't do that and they feel like they have to yank him, then that's already the uh, problem for them. Yeah. Chris Paul had a weird game tonight, didn't he? Yeah, he was cooking, too, though. I mean, well, he had moments, but he disappeared for stretches. Yeah. 
And, yeah. uh, and down the stretch was deferring quite a bit when he was the, the main guy on the court. Now, there might have been a, a question if he got hurt, right? He yeah, was, I saw. Like, it looked like maybe he caught a knee to the quad or something. Yeah, something was bothering him. He looked like a, like a grimace or two there, and that, that, you know, could be it too, which would be devastating. I mean, like, you know, worse than if Curry was only 70%. Like, if, if CP3 isn't 90%, then they're really going to have a problem. So, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting issue. I, again, I, I don't think they're going to sweep, but I think that this game one showed how most of these games should play out over the course of a seven-game series, and, you know, it doesn't spell good things for the Rockets, but should we get some questions real quick while we're here? Yeah, let's do it. Put love on Baines, not hard. Okay, we're talking about love having to guard uh, Baines because he can't guard sure. Horford. Yeah, that's that would that would help. Uh, but, but then you've got Tristan Thompson trying to guard Horford in space. Yeah, that's not great either. And then on the other end, though, you know, that that, that poses issues. Tristan Thompson and love can pose some issues on, on the offensive end and uh, as well. But um, I don't know, man. Yeah, it doesn't feel good for the Cavs right now. Uh, serious question, Eric for Three Bang. Uh, should the NBA do something about the luxury tax? Ooh, that's interesting. Um, I mean, no. I think I mean they collectively bargain this. It makes a lot of sense that that you know I, I know what they're getting at. Essentially, what they're saying is that these super teams uh, shouldn't be able to be assembled. Well, remember they were able to do this, you know, because of the cap spike. Uh, which the league, you know, the, the players argued for and, and the league went along with. And, uh, you know, that's why we're here. Right. Um, but the point, the whole point of the CBA was to be able to keep teams together. So if you want to get rid of going over the cap, if you want a hard cap, which it, the NBA has a hard cap, but it's, you know, you have to, it takes a while to get there. It's really difficult. Yeah. Um, but the, the whole point is you can go above the salary cap to keep your team together. And, now this is the team that they've got, and they and they did it according to the CBA, mm-hmm. and so now they're going to do whatever they have to to keep it together. I mean, and this team makes money, so um, you know, not just for the Warriors, but also for the league. Last year's finals was the most watched in twenty years, okay. so obviously it's good for the league. And I, you know, there's an argument to be made that these sort of dominating teams are when the leagues are at their healthiest. They they are compelling, right? It's a thing you want to watch. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so Sporty Matt wants to, ask, wants to know, if, uh, do you think the Celtics will win the series against the Cavs? I think yes. I don't. You don't think so yet? I'm not there yet. All right. Easy 84. Notice how Kyle Corver isn't getting open threes this series. And that's right because he's got Jalen Brown guarding him who can go underneath the screen and like shoot the gap and then still be quick enough to get there right when he catches the ball and get a hand up. Uh, Kyle, got, he did get a three, at least one three in that mode where the guys were like right there and he still hit it. But uh, I think that's being a problem. So not, A, that's a problem on, on their end. But then if he's got to have to guard Jalen Brown, forget about it. Like that's going to be a big problem for them. The Cavs just don't have the defense. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's see. LeBron is going to be aggressive game two. Yes. I got to shave. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? I, I kind of... Been no, I think not you lean in, lean in. I haven't gotten a haircut. I am not having shaved. I'm I'm going all out here to see what. Yeah, happens. I've got the moving beard where I haven't I haven't had time to trim it. You know, yeah, right. so yeah. Um, all right, let's see. You see any questions out here? What's up with Kevin Love? Ever since he's had his panic attacks, he's been playing like trash. I don't think that's true. I think he's has a lot of good games uh, in the in the last series or against. I, well, it was the thumb. The thumb injury really oh, right, affected him quite a bit. And and then he had he had some great games against Toronto. The difference is that the Celtics are not going to let you get the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, Toronto didn't adjust. 
Uh, James is James 11 has the best question of the night. Thoughts on the Raptors? We haven't talked about them since Casey got fired. I feel bad for Dwayne Casey because I think Dwayne Casey's a good coach. Um, I thought he did a great job this year. And, you know, listen, is there any shame in not being able to beat LeBron James, you know, <laughs> to, to having a really great regular season team and then you just can't beat LeBron? Yeah, I asked Jerry Sloan. Right, exactly. I mean, it, he stuck yeah. it out. Yeah, <laughs> like but they, they weren't canning him because he couldn't beat Jordan. Well, but he gave them everything, everything within an inch of their life. Like they almost didn't make it out of both those series where it just wasn't happening. And I did a video on it, and uh, even though it was for Game Three, it was basically like why he got fired. I don't know. I don't think he's got that that next level deep playoff uh, basketball sense, I, or I don't know what it is. They they weren't prepared well enough. I didn't in game adjustments. In game adjustments, he, he, but even don't happen. They don't have those. They didn't have like they didn't, in the beginning of the game before like to prepare for the game itself. You know, like and I sh- the, the dichotomy I showed in the video was okay. Here is how they're attacking the exact match that they want the Cavs. It's like a they're like surgeons. And then you go down and you watch what the, the Raptors are doing, and they're just sort of – there, there was no purpose. They didn't seem to know exactly what they wanted to do. Now, part of that could have been out of the, uh, this, this organic offense where they spread it and they want to you know, drive and kick, but that doesn't, that doesn't work. The whole reason why you play 82 games is to understand how you make that how, – how you can force what you want out of that offense, you know, out of the read and react offense. How do you get, okay, now we now need to understand how then to do it. Now, perhaps it was because it was a new offense for him and it just wasn't quite something he had complete mastery of. I don't know. But he's, he had, what, seven years there? Yeah. Yeah, he was there for a while. It was time. And by the way, it's, they, should trade, they should trade some players, too, while they're at it. Uh, good luck. <laughs> Who can they trade? DeRozan? Is he, is I think DeRozan is tradable. What's I'm his, not sure about Kyle Lowry. I mean, Kyle Lowry is making a lot of money. He's and, older. Uh, he's older. Um, Ibaka, you probably stuck with him. You oh, might yeah. be able to move Valanchunas. Valanchunas was good. Um, offensively in the playoffs so uh you might be able to move Valanciunas but uh I think uh DeRozan's probably the only guy you can really move yeah I mean here's what they should move in a perfect world they should move Ibaka and they should move uh, yeah I mean I guess I'd say keep Lowry and get rid of DeRozan if I if you could do that but you're right it's like the contracts are an issue uh they'd have to eat something really bad uh in return because I like what they have going as far as uh OG uh, Siakam uh Van Vliet um, I'm missing somebody. Uh, I even like Powell, who didn't play at all. Uh, he he had moments last year. Uh, oh, I like Pirtle. Yeah, Pirtle they've, got, they've got something there. They're, you know, they're going to lose uh, Van Vliet this summer. Why? They don't. So he's uh, he's going to be a unrestricted free agent. Uh huh. And they don't have his bird rights, and they're over the cap. And oh, uh, yeah. that's too bad. Wow, well, he's going to help somebody really right away. Yeah. Is he a starter? No, I think he's a high-level backup. Yeah. But then again, Kyle Lowry started his career the same way. It, to me, they're, they're kind of similar guys. I mean, um, both very stout. Oh, well, I, actually, I, by the way, I thought that Lowry got a little too stout. He, did, he didn't look like he was in the same shape he had been last year, whatever that was, when he came in really cut. Mm-hmm. But... Um, you know, I don't think that well. Van Vliet isn't as aggressive, right, as Lowry right. is. He's yeah. more of a you know the traditional point guard, right? Yeah, more of like yeah. that CP3 style, right? Um, which I like. I kind of like better. 
So, I mean, I, that's why I would say I'd, I'd have Ambly play more. But, um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. I wonder where he's going to go. Uh, any other questions as we start to wrap this up? Anybody? Somebody wants to know if we can disable the comments. But that's the whole point. <laughs> uh, you know, we want yeah. <laughs> the comments. Um, live TV, anybody else? Can you help me understand why the Rockets kept trying to switch to Looney in every matchup? Well, it was it – was- they, they thought Looney was going to be a weakness. And, you know, when you've got Clay Thompson, Iguodala, Draymond, KD, and Looney. Yeah. Okay. But to go at Looney when Curry was on the court made no sense. Right. None. And, you know, the floor, they were trying to get the – so this is what I – like, I, I thought Capella wouldn't be able to stay on the court uh, with the Warriors. And I, I'm – pleasantly surprised and I'm happy to, to have been wrong about it because I love Capella. I love watching him play. Um, but I knew that they were going to attack that matchup. They like that matchup with Curry and Capella trying to guard him in space. Um, and, and Capella did a great job. Even when he got beat, he would get back. You know, he had the one chase down uh, on on uh, on Curry. And and so he did a really good job of, of you know, moving with him and, and staying in the play. So, um yeah, but on the other end, I mean, Looney kind of did the same thing. The difference was, you know, that Harden, Harden really was cooking. I mean, God, he was just hitting some crazy stuff. So Yeah. Somebody wanted to know what you do to solve the uh, Ariza and Tucker getting the ball stuck in the corner with the ball, spherical badger. I mean, I think the reason why they're getting it is that it's supposed to be a shot, right? right. So that's, that's why they're there. That's when, when they, if the ball makes it as far as their hands, then it's probably going up. That's what they it's want. It's got to go up. So, um, but again, uh, that, I just feel like, yeah, there's, when they do that spread five out without Capella in there, it's, it just feels like it's as easy for them to guard. And uh, they're going to have to get back to more than 21 series and run more, you know, get Harden off ball, coming around the handoff. And by the way, it's not like they need to have him score more and he didn't, or even more efficiently because the dude's, what was he, uh, 40 for 24 and 5 for 9 from 3. Um, but, and he, and he went to the line 10 times. It's almost like, yeah, I, I shouldn't even be criticizing what they did with Harden on offense because he had a perfect game. Um, but it, it, was, it was a long ways from getting him a win. So, Well, there's something to be said for getting your teammates involved. You know, if, yeah. if you're dribbling the ball for 20 seconds into possession – you know, you and I have talked about this before, and, and you know, you you throw this pass to the guy who gets to touch the ball literally only as long as it takes him to get a shot up, and then he misses the shot. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard for you, it, you know, it's hard to just be mad at that guy when he's not touching the ball. You know, like yeah. I think the basketball has some energy, and I think when everybody touches it, you get better offense that way. And and you know, this is one of my concerns coming into the playoffs, man. I, I worry about their predictable offense. I worry about you know, the isolation play and that everyone's not involved. And this is toward the end of a long season. You know, it's, it's tough. Yeah. All right. Let's do a lightning round. And there's some good questions here at the very end. Let's zoom in uh, 10 seconds each. Does this series represent a league wide philosophical matchup? Lead wide league wide philosophical matchup. Uh, yeah. You got ISO versus, uh, you know, ball movement. Although the warriors got caught up in that and started doing some ISO stuff. And that wasn't uh, such a great look for them. Right. The only guy that had any success isolating was KD. Yeah. Do you think the Rockets need a ball-moving coach? Well, the irony is, is that D'Antoni is that, used to be, was that, has that, can do that. He is that man, right? So I think it's just a question of him doing some of that coaching stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he's got to make some adjustments big time. Yeah. Who do you think the Sixers need? I'm going to say Paul George. Yeah, I agree. I think he'd be perfect there. Perfect. Also, I mean, yeah. Danny Green. Okay, interesting. Uh, is Redick gone then? 
I don't know. I don't know if he's going to come back or not. You know what? They're, Danny Green would be better for them. Uh, if he ever, does he, did he find his shot this year? Uh, so he, he started out really well. Then he had some, I don't know what happened. I think he had a little injury and then he mm-hmm. came back and it just never seemed to recover. He'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Are the OKC Thunder the only team that can guard the Warriors properly? Did the Warriors dodge a bullet? No. 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 I, I don't mean, think anybody can guard them. Yeah, I mean, Paul George could guard Kevin Durant as well as anybody, I imagine. But um, I think. I mean, certainly in my mind's eye, he can. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, if you had, what's his face? Robertson. Yeah, Robertson. Then then you have maybe you have something there. But I almost feel like the Warriors, uh, the Thunder's issue, the Thunder present most issues on the offensive end against the Warriors. Like they put them on their heels, right? With the, when they had the ball, it's like it's just a, it's just an, uh, a dominating physical presence that like could get the Warriors back at their heels. So I don't know, but either way, uh, who does Celtics trade for anyone? They need to keep Rozier, in my opinion. Uh, last question. So uh, yeah, the Celtics are having an interesting question or problem here because Rozier. Probably as a starter, and uh, you're going to have Kyrie back at a much bigger contract, and you probably can get 80% of Kyrie for half the money, uh, but they, they ain't going to trade Kyrie, right? No, and and I don't think they're going to trade Hayward either. Oh, right. Because <laughs> a no. lot of people are throwing that out there. They're going to have to somehow um, convince all these guys to like, just change their roles and accept it, and they're going to win, maybe win a title. Yeah, or yeah. you know, you move Rozier and hope you hope to, to keep it rolling and get a bigger piece, but... Yeah, I mean, remember, they also have a contract decision to make with Marcus Smart. He's a yeah. restricted free agent this summer. And they have a pick, right? A really good yeah, pick. Yeah, they, they could potentially have the second pick in the draft. Yeah, it's crazy. I love right. it. Well, awesome stuff, Dave. Great to be back with you. It's been too long again, but uh, we'll be here every night. There's a playoff game and uh, with, with you answering your questions on YouTube and on Periscope. and on. Uh, this will be on a podcast if you want to hear the whole thing tomorrow morning, bright and early. So, Dave, thanks for being here. I'm glad you can uh, you can be here from San Antonio. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to be back, back in action. All right. Well, don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel, we're a conversation. You win. You win, Dave. Yes, I am. <laughs>